fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 744 of Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Topkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How's things go? Oh, you're looking a bit short there today. You've grown over the holidays. <laughs> Probably my camera. You're, yeah, I don't know. Every week, you, nothing changes, yet every week it's different. Go figure. <laughs> How's he been? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. How's he really been? Well, if you must know. <laughs> um, Terrible. Other than having like seven degree nights and 33 degree days, it's fine. Ah, new shop is good. It's horrible. <laughs> the new shop's great. Uh, it doesn't, it stays a lot cooler than the old one too, which is nice. <laughs> more space. Yeah, a lot more airflow through there and getting it nearly all set up. Hopefully by the end of the week, it'll be like enough set up that it's, I can find things at least, <laughs> <laughs> which is an improvement on what it currently is. So. Hey, hey, Son, where did we put that? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a bit like that. It's, um, thankfully, yeah, I got a pretty good memory, so I can kind of remember where most of the stuff got put onto pallets and whatever, but, yeah, and I've got most of the displays set up and stuff. We've got some signage coming in soon, so. Sweet. It's all a work in progress. Yeah. Big battery um, central sign out the front. Well, I've got that. I've got the sign at the front. Um, I just need to put another couple of bigger ones on the sides of the building so you can sort of see it. Because mm -hmm. you can see the big one when you drive past, but you can't see it when you're approaching. So, all right, <clears throat> got to fix all that up. But yeah, it's all uh, money we don't have, so that's great. <laughs> Speaking of, why don't you buy some batteries from Battery Central? Yes, damn it! I don't care <laughs> if you don't need them; just buy them. Just buy them anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I need some up. rechargeable AAAs. <laughs> How many you got? You don't even have to pick them up. You can just buy them and leave them there. That's fine by me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just sell them again. Yeah, um, resell. <laughs> so yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we do all sorts of stuff. Car batteries, you know, off grid, solar, camping, you know, four wheel drive setup, all that sort of stuff. Um, mobility scooters, golf carts, yeah, all the fun stuff. I want you to uh, overnight me a Dolphin D battery for my torch. You know, an interesting thing about those? Yeah. You know, they're a big rectangle. Yeah. If you actually cut the top off them, there's four D cells in there packed with about two inches of cardboard underneath it. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's the cardboard for? Just to chunk it out? Just to make it... They used to... I think... Ever, who did the original Dolphin Everett, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. The, the Everett ones are a D cell, but they're longer. But every other Duracell and... Energizer and all the other brands just use D cells and just put cardboard under them to pack them up so they, they fit in the box. Man, ripped <laughs> off. 
that's why the the energizer the ever ready ones are dearer because they're the actual full a full cell and they last longer right <laughs> Why did why did they come up with the idea for square batteries though the nine volt? The nine what volt. was wrong with the long the long AA and triple A's and well the nine volt make a square one. So there's two different ways they make a nine volt as well. Some of them actually have because the um, they did it mainly just to stuff that's like nine volt for example is usually really really low draw, but they need a higher voltage. Right. So by doing it that way, they can do that. Originally, they started off making them as actually what they call a quad A um, battery, right? Which is so obviously a, a double A is a quarter the size of a of sorry a triple A is a quarter the size of a double A and a quad A is a quarter the size of a triple A. So you can imagine these little tiny, almost straw thickness cells. Right. Wow. There's six of those inside a nine volt cell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some 9-volt cells actually have now, these days, though, some of them actually have rectangle cells stacked in them, but traditionally they had six little quad A's packed inside that battery. So instead of you fumbling with these little tiny batteries trying to get them into a radio or whatever, that has made them into a case called them a 9-volt. And it was the same with the Dolphin batteries. Instead of trying to fumble with you know 4D cells when it's pouring rain and you're shivering cold, you just yep. grab the big thing, slide them in. <laughs> What'd you just say? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you no experience about that. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> Not when it's cold and you're shivering anyway. No. <laughs> Small shriveled into the left. <laughs> That's it. So. I got a um, new server for my lounge room. So I've had this oh. mid, mid-size server Does it for count a long time. if it's still in the box? It doesn't really. I'll start calling you Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> buy things only till this <laughs> weekend i'm on call for work all weekend so i've got nothing else to do and i can't go anywhere a because we're locked down and b because i'm on call so and c because you don't go anywhere anyway right <laughs> i said that to my daughter i was like oh no we're in lockdown again and we can't go anywhere and do anything she's like oh no What's the what shall we ever do uh, sounds like I a said, I- can't go out partying with all my friends and I'm feeling trapped inside the house and I can't get out. Because <laughs> it's same. different from... <laughs> same as every other day. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. But um, yeah, because um, this one's got 32 gigs and it's got newer everything in there compared to the yep. mid mid-tower box that I've had. For a while which was actually one of my daughter's old computers that she had years ago and uh, it served as well but this has got ssd so minecraft chunks will load a lot faster hopefully and it's got double the ram so i can run more minecraft servers at the same time and also does my plex streaming and stuff so i can take care of that i'm still tossing up whether to ditch the synology and just put everything into the linux box and just have one box doing all the things but that means I have to manually configure and install all the apps that are already in the Synology store. You just click on install, go, and when an update comes out, it goes, hey, I've got an update. Would you like to update? You go, yes. And it goes, okay, updating, right, I updated, which at some stage I'll be able to do with Linux, but just the initial, I need to install this, I need to install that, I need to set this up, I need to configure that. And just like, well... The little box is there in the corner. It's doing its thing. Maybe I should just let it do that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you like your chunk loading quick, I suppose. <laughs> Either truffle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I I think, well, I'm the same. I've got, um, like I've got my NAS, which can do media serving and stuff, but I find that I don't. I find I just use it as a NAS and my, um, and my uh, P2P stuff. And the media sharing side of it, I still I store the media on the NAS, but the actual distribution of it, I use the media center that's hooked yeah. up to the TV because it takes us like the NAS can do it, but if I'm putting a, downloading a file and transferring files across and trying to watch a movie, yeah, you know, you really know, you really hit its limitations. Um, yeah, well, there's the thing with mine is that the CPU is so cut down that it can't transcode yeah. video. Whereas the other server can, it just mounts that as a drive and then Plex will transcode it. Another advantage is too, really, as you say, you can have it running Wi-Fi directly in the lounge room or whatever plugged into the back of the TV. So you don't have to have, you know, I don't know. I'm a big fan of having, I know a computer can multitask, but I found over the years, the more tasks you throw at a system to do that, the more inefficient it becomes at every one of those things that you do. Yeah, better better you know. to not just put all your eggs in one basket. Hey, Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> and Twitch <laughs> and Instagram, and <laughs> WeChat. Yeah, it's a, there's this, this <sighs> distribution of service can be handy sometimes. Yeah, that's why we invented <laughs> CDNs and stuff, man. You know, Cloudflare but, and all that. And and that's the thing. Like I've got you know the media center. I've got the the Linux server, and then I've got like for my three D printer. I've got Octopi. Admittedly, I do. I've got a beefed up um, uh, credit card PC that will run two Octopi instances at the same time, so I can handle two 3D printers there. Then I've got another mini PC that runs my K40 laser cutter. You know, then I've got at work it's the same thing. Like I've got a pretty powerful system, but we've got the point of sale system, we've got the reception system or the admin system, we've got my computer, we've got the video surveillance system. Like all these things. Even though they would all run on the one system perfectly fine, yep. I found by having four systems, generally at least any one of them is working at some point. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm yeah, I'm quite a fan of spreading the load over over various things instead of just trying. The, to... the one handy thing that sort of came out of it, uh, my daughter's got a friend who's uh, going to come stay with us for about a month for a holiday, and uh, she's like. Say, Dad, have we got any spare computers that we could set up for him so he could do Discord, play some games and stuff like that? I'm like, well, funny you should mention. <laughs> we just got a new server, so I'll take the old one, rebuild it as a Windows box, and you can install all the things, and we'll leave it in the spare room for visitors to use. Um, we, oh, that's right. You just have, you, you've got one spare graphics card, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, that's the reason I'm using a lot of Nux and mini PCs and stuff because um, they've got built-on graphics and yep. ultimately it's a hell of a lot cheaper than than buying anything with an external graphics card because yeah. it's stupid. It doubles expensive. the cost of your computer. Oh, it really does. You can you can spend $2,000 on a computer then you spend another $2,000 on a graphics card. Yeah, easy. Like, it, it's nuts. Um, so it's I not going to get better for a long time. No. Um, so I think in some instances having multiple... Like, you can pick up second-hand Intel NUCs. Yeah, they're only, you know, three gig, 
what are they? Yeah, about 2.83 gig processors and, you know, 16 gig of RAM. But, I mean, 95% of the things you're ever going to do, it, it handles perfectly fine. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, it will play even basic games. Like, even, like, vanilla Minecraft it'll play. Uh, it won't play any modded stuff. But, you know, so, if you want to play, like, Roblox, it play, they play. Yep. So, a lot of those lower-end games, they, they will play acceptably yep um and they're affordable and they work they're a hundred bucks yeah you know and they come with ssds and you can put a if you want to use them as file servers you can you can put twin ide you know five terabyte drives in them or whatever you want to do or plug in an external boot them off the uh <laughs> boot them off the little internal because they come with the old school was it m PCM CIA. No, no. The is it MSATA? The mm. little the pre the pre the the new ones, but the old school ones that the old EPCs and stuff used to have. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're they're kind of like a they're still a physically have a SATA connector on the end of them, but they're on a chip. They're a combination of what we use now. Yeah. And <laughs> and the IDE. They're sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, and they're only you know whatever they are. Uh, I think they're. 40 gig or something like that. Yeah. They're fine for a boot drive. Does what you need. Yeah. So. And interestingly, today, <laughs> after all this complaining and stuff, I finally found out that my desktop computer <laughs> is compatible with Windows 10 after all. And I was like, well, it's got no trusted a, module on there. That took a BIOS upgrade, wasn't it? Yeah. A guy at work said, well, he's, he got the same error from the PC health check software from Microsoft. He said, but all he had to do was upgrade the BIOS because um, all the CPUs since Skylake have all got a trusted protective module built into the CPU. Ah, so the board doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh. So uh, the board just has to enable the ability for the motherboard to see it, for Windows to see it, and then it's enabled. So um, I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. So I've got Asus uh, motherboard. So I just got the Easy Flash software, which runs on Windows. And downloaded that, installed it, ran it. It said, well, you've got version 0.8.11 of BIOS and the current one is 0.8.20. Do you want to update? And I'm like, yep. So I updated, rebooted, and it goes into BIOS and it erases the current database. So it's got a database in the BIOS and then it uh, resets up a few things like you would with your Android phone when you upgrade that. It was like doing that. It's got progress bar, updating this, updating that, updating this, that, reboots, and you go in there and you can check. It's got a discrete TPM and it's got firmware TPM. And he said the one that he read is the best one to enable is the firmware one. So I enabled firmware TPM because the discrete one was enabled by default and rebooted the computer, ran PC Health check, and it said, Oh, good. You've got TPM 2.0. You can install Windows 11 anytime you want because it came out uh, a couple of days ago. I was just checking on mine as well. All AMD CPUs have had embedded two point, TPM 2.0 since 2015. There you go. And so the you AM, probably got it too. AM4 platform and higher. Um, yep. But most motherboards, while supporting it, don't have it enabled. <laughs> Apparently, most manufacturers... Uh, on AMD, doesn't look like it's a, a BIOS update. It looks like it's a patch update. They have specifically a TPM patch that you can download to update. Ah, must so update chipset or something. It there. must, yeah, it must do. Maybe the chipset's there and it just enables it because it doesn't. Yeah. 
Um, it's a firmware update, not a BIOS update. So interesting. So you might be able to as well, but you don't want to. I don't really <laughs> anyway. want to anyway. But I mean, and there's workarounds even if you don't. You, you can install Windows 11 anyway. Um, yeah, you can install it if you don't have TPM, but you're not going to get any security updates ever. So it's Microsoft. How secure is it going to be anyway? <laughs> I mean, you know, I might I might risk it this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> the um, they're copying. I don't know if we mentioned before they're copying OSX. So the taskbar yeah. is now centered. And expands out yeah. both ways. The, the, what was it on the video we played the other week? It, it shakes or something. Now they've given it some weird name. Yeah, Do you like the DTs or something. And they got. The, I got that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nervous thing. And um, that's an alcohol thing, not a nervous thing. <laughs> I had it before I had alcohol. Um, they they're changing a lot of where you find all of your icons and how things run and stuff. And they they're bringing back. The funky transparency and rounded corners from Vista era. Yeah, so I might everything. throw it. I might throw it on my work PC just because it's not critical. If it, it, it my work PC is basically just a PDF repository, pretty much at this yep. stage. So I might throw it on there, see what it's like. Um, As I was saying all this to my boss, and he's like, "Yep, the first thing I'll do when I've got it, classic mode. Yeah, enable that, disable all the transparencies and the animated windows and all this other crap." And it's funny, you know, even on a new PC, even with, you know, running Windows 10 on a new PC, you enable classic mode and it makes a big difference to performance. Like, yep. you, you would think that with the, the powerhouse systems and the, the grunt of the graphics cards, it wouldn't make any difference, but run your system rating and then disable it and run it again and everything's up. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's something you just sort of don't think about. And the other interesting thing, especially for gamers, is um, they're going to have uh, direct storage, which is a technology they invented for the Xbox to load games faster using SSD. So direct storage will be enabled in Windows 11 by default. So all your SSD drives, which are pretty damn fast already, are gonna, just going to zoom. My concern with that is the same thing's going to happen that happened with the Xboxes, and they're not going to data manage properly. And because mm. uh, the way, obviously, an SSD only has X amount of read write cycles, uh, infinite read, but only has an Life. X amount of write cycles. Yeah. And if you're caching to an SSD drive all the time, you're chewing up write cycles. Yeah. Um, and there's programs, there's software in place that's supposed to prevent that from happening. And if it is writing, it's supposed to stagger the writes over the disk so that sections get written at different times. Um, but I know there was, an, there was an issue, I don't know if they fixed it or not, there was an issue with the Xboxes where, yes, they were loading the data a lot quicker, but when they were saving to the drives, like save files and, and stuff like that, they were saving to the same spot over and over again. Oh, right. And yep. it was wearing the drives out prematurely. So, I mean, two things have probably happened. I know drives have got a lot more versatile and robust than they used to be. Yep. Um, SSDs aren't as funky. You know, they used to be really fragile. They're really easy to kill. Um, not so much anymore, and I'm pretty sure that they would have sorted that out. Well, one would hope they would have sorted that out. <laughs> it is Microsoft who reverts your drivers for no reason anyway, so who knows? Who experiences that kind of crap? Uh, again. <laughs> and again. And that's with Microsoft's IPs blocked through the firewall and with system updates turned off. And, yeah, and there's, I actually have a program that, that's that's kills the updater so every time the updater tries to load it kills the task yep. and somehow it's still updating 
They really want you to keep updated. <laughs> they really want you to use incompatible Microsoft drivers all the time. Uh, uh, and hence, we're here this week. You might have noticed we wasn't last week. We, we actually we recorded. <laughs> we recorded two thirds of a show, and then we got a blackout. And we're big bada boom corrupted the the, uh, the recording. So I've changed recording formats this week. We are now recording in MKVs, which is supposed to be a um, recoverable recoverable and auto-close when they stop recording so that they don't corrupt the data. Apparently, it's much more robust, so we'll give that a go. Not that hopefully I ever have that issue again, but at least it means if we get two-thirds of the way through a show and it does crash, I either have something to release or we can finish the show. (laughs) We were talking about so much interesting stuff, and I'm like, I can't recreate this if we came back tomorrow. No. No, and and it was ironic because I had a big lightning that made the house shake. And I said, oh, I nearly said, oh, let's just pause here for a sec so I can save the recording and then we'll continue. I'm like, nah, it'll be fine. Bang. (laughs) Dang. So, Where's yeah. Willy gone? I lost my Willy. Uh, again. <laughs> Too easy. Oh dear. Anyway, let's do this. Helps when you hold the button in the right spot. <laughs> uh, there's been a couple of catastrophic things. <laughs> a couple of minor, minor techn- technical issues minor. for some m- minor corporations. Yeah. Gives, gives you a bit of a bit of a twi- twitch. A bit of a twitch. Twitch has confirmed that it suffered a major data breach and that a hacker accessed the company's servers thanks to misconfig- a misconfiguration change. We can confirm a breach has taken place as a Twitch pro- spokesperson on Twitter. Our teams are working with urgency to understand the extent of this. We'll update the community as soon as additional information is available. Twitch admits a hacker was able to access data that was mistakenly exposed to the internet due to an error in a Twitch server configuration change that was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. The company says it has no indication that login credentials have been exposed and that full credit card numbers were not exposed. Hackers have so far leaked data that includes source code for the company's streaming service, an unreleased Steam competitor from Amazon Game Studios called Vapor, and details of creator payouts. An anonymous post on the 4chan message board released a 125 gigabytes torrent in which they claim includes the entirety of Twitch and its commit history for GitHub. The leak has been labeled as part one, suggesting there could be more to come. While personal information like creator payments is included, this initial leak doesn't appear to include passwords, addresses, or email accounts of Twitch users. Instead, the leaker appears to have focused on sharing Twitch's own company tools and information rather than code that would include personal accounts. It's not clear how much data has been accessed, though. Twitch says it's working to understand its security breach and it appears some users are being asked to change their passwords. While Twitch is still investigating, it says there's no indication or login details were exposed. We still recommend changing your Twitch password and enabling two-factor authentication if you haven't already done so. And we should also add you probably want to change your channel key, which they don't know if it's been uh, released or not. But uh, some of us have already got emails from Twitch saying, we changed your channel key for you. Go log in and find it again. Yeah, I was about to say, I got uh, I got a couple of emails saying that... Um, and Okay. <laughs> do we start at the start of this entire saga? Uh. Or do we... <laughs> so, basically, it all started with the thing saying, hey, we've been hacked, change the password. Yep. Okay, cool. 
go and change the password. You haven't used this service for more than 30 days. Your computer requires authentication by 2FA. Hang on. I haven't enabled 2FA. It's not set up. Oh, but part of the new security measures is we've enabled it on your behalf effectively. You now have it. Um, so just use it. It's like, but I don't because if I had it, I would have access to it to be able to reset it, but I don't have access to it because I don't have it. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, okay, so that's cool. If you can't access your 2FA, just enter your phone number and we'll send you a, a text message um, that can... Uh, we'll send you a text message that you can click on the link and verify that it's you through your phone. I'm like, well... Okay, but I don't have that either because I don't haven't set my phone number up. And they're like, okay, well, if you just enter your email address and your current password, then you can change your password and then you'll get a new security key. I'm like, okay, fine. Well, I'll do that and then I can worry about logging in later. I'll just I'll change my password. It'll automatically change my security key. Good. I haven't got to worry about it. So I did that, and then it goes. Oh, to confirm. Um, to confirm that you've got you new that it's you who wants to change your password, you need to log into 2FA. Oops. I just just went through this with you. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't have it. Anyway, so I put in my phone number, did a whole authentication thing. It sent me an email saying that uh, although you haven't confirmed your ID, we've changed your password and we've sent you a text message with confirmation code. And then it said, if you don't have a phone number on file, click here and we'll add the phone number to your file. I'm like, what well, kind of defeats the purpose of sending a confirmation code if I can change the phone number to where it's sending the code? <laughs> so anyway, I click on that, add my phone number in, and it goes, oh, now you need to enter your 2FA authentication code to change your phone number. I'm like, <laughs> anyway, at lunchtime today, this was at, when was that last? Like 10 o'clock last night or whatever it was. Yep. At last time today, I get a um, I get an email saying I get a message, text message saying, "Oh, here's your new confirmation code to log in to change your two FA settings. Code valid for like whatever it was, three hours or four hours or something." I'm like, "It was like thirteen hours ago." <laughs> anyway, I think the code's not valid. Whatever, go in, log in, click. Here's the code, and he goes, "Oh, code accepted." Oh, what? I'm like, huh? <laughs> it was I, a lie. And then I log in and I go into my, I finally get into Twitch. I log into Twitch and go to 2FA and it goes, 2FA is disabled. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was um not fun. fun. <laughs> and I don't think it's still fixed because I tried to log in earlier and it's coming up with 2FA again. So I. Uh, give up. I might just delete that account and just start it again. That's not yeah. like I'm one of those. Um, not one of those. You're not critical role yes. making nine million a year. I was going to say those figures you pulled up, you had up last night were ridiculous. Some of the what people yep. are earning. Tommy in it getting like one point six million over two years. Ninja got one point three. As Asman Gold is about that much as well. I mean, one of the only guys I follow is from Australia, anyways. Dark Viper AU, and I know he does about six hundred thousand before tax. Yep. And obviously, he's got to pay tax on that and, and whatever. But yep. 
So. And then a lot of these people uh, make sales through merchandise, merchandise and stuff. They yeah. make money from, so they've got extra stuff on the side, even on top of that. But you got to be interesting and worth listening to. Well, you would think that, but have you watched some of those streams? <laughs> <laughs> so, when I posted that onto onto a chat thing, this guy is like, "Holy cow! I'll play WoW and talk crap for nineteen million a year. I don't care." <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. He didn't realise how much people were making. Yeah, it's it is a bit stupid, really. So log into your Twitch if you can. Oh, that's what Reset I was going to say. your password. So, so, and this leads to the second part of the issue that I was about to talk about that I forgot. Now they've sent an email saying um, that you probably can't see that, but sent an email saying that we've reset your uh, streaming code. Uh, just out of you know safety for this, just just to make sure we want you to be safe, so we've reset your streaming code. All right, but I did that last night when I changed my password, and I've just gone through and put that back into OBS ready to stream. So now you've changed your password <laughs> again. I've I've got to log back into my Twitch account, find the new streaming code that I've just finished changing, and Some put that back. In. It's like if I get it, you want to change it, fine. But if I've literally just changed it, yeah. After the, you've told us there's a threat, don't change it again. Who did that? Oh, somebody did that last year as well. They go, hey, our database has been hacked. Change your account. So everyone logged in, changed their username, password. Then they go, oh, we just sent everybody a password reset. You've got to go and change your password. And so you got to put your password in because you can't use that. That's That password's been used. And you're like, I just that, did it. I just changed it to this one because this is my backup <laughs> password. My primary <laughs> password has been compromised. I've gone to my backup password and I can't use that and I can't use my primary one because that one's been used and you just, yeah. I don't have another password. <laughs> I already did password oh. 123 and 321. I'm all out of ideas. Oh, speaking of freaking Twitch password, holy crap. It took me 20 minutes to find a password that it would accept. <laughs> it wouldn't tell me why it didn't accept it. Yep. It just says... Oh, that's, that password's okay, but you can do better. <laughs> it's like, wh wh how? How can I? I've got 47 characters, eight hashes, 27, ob you know. Yeah. It's like, wh what more do you want? <laughs> no, don't tell me. I'll just keep guessing, shall I? Yeah. And I went, fine. You know what? Screw it. Because in Chrome, you can right-click, go generate password. Yeah. So, yep, no worries. Right-click, generate password. That password's okay, but you can do better. I'm like... <laughs> It's a completely if Google can't do better, <laughs> nobody can. Like, seriously. Mm. And I did that about 20 times. And it yep. finally goes, oh, that's that's acceptable. And it was still like orange on the... I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> my bit wouldn't, does it all right? Seem uh, to like that one. I think I've got like 14 characters by default with uppercase, lowercase numbers, special symbols and... I was somewhere the other day, and it was it was a site. I can't remember what it was. It was it was a business site, somewhat for some of the business software that I was getting. And they wanted, like, this wasn't to set up your account. This was to create to create an account that you would then log into to create your account that you want to set up. Oh, and. <laughs> strange because like we the, so we've got um what energy solutions is our actual company we trade as battery central but our abn is registered to 
what energy trading as Battery Central. So the actual account I had to set up was for what energy. Yep. The sub account I wanted to set up was for Battery Central, Ipswich. Yep. So I had to go and create an account because that's what my ABN was under. I had to go and create the account under what energy. And it wanted like a 28-digit password or something. <laughs> and then when I finally got into that one, to create the sub-account for Battery Central Ipswich, it goes, please enter a pin with four digits. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Just so, does not make sense. Uh, so I don't know. but <laughs> I give up. But yeah, yep. so... The short answer is Twitch has been a pain in the ass, and it's even more of a pain in the ass to change the details that you shouldn't have to change because they got hacked. And the funny thing is that because the, the the stuff that got released in the hack was the source code to their Windows app, their Android app, their iPhone app, and all the other stuff that they have. Mm. It's got the source code. So the joke going around at the moment <laughs> is people at uh, who are developers at Twitch are now happy to announce they're members of the largest open source software place in the world. Yep. It's so true. Not, too. not by not, choice. Not intentionally, but they are. <laughs> oh, dear. We should probably thank some of these people going across the top. Thank uh, you, Twitch TV. What <laughs> timing? <laughs> oh, by the way, Glenn, if you're watching this, can you go and change Aussie Techheads one? Because I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me after the show. I'll send him a message. So don't go to Aussie Techheads. Don't go to Twitch.com. If, if there's something on there that's enjoyable and really well done, it's not us streaming, so don't support them. <laughs> I hope we still make the money, though. <laughs> well, it's not a monetized channel anyway. None of our channels are monetized. Our YouTube one, our Twitch, nothing we do is monetized. So that's why we rely on uh, Patreons, um, patreon.com slash Aussie Techheads, um, you know, and Kofi ko-fi.com slash Aussie Techheads. Um, you can also get us through PayPal, direct deposit, um, you know, Saladas, um, gummy bears, whatever. iTunes yeah. cards. <laughs> Google cards, or eBay cards. Um, yeah, so it, it helps us out with all that stuff. Um we're not a not a monetized platform. We're not, you know. It's funny. We've been doing Aussie Tech Heads for twenty years ish, fifteen years, I think, it's something like that. Some ridiculous amount of time, anyway. And um, just yeah, we just haven't. We've never been in a position to monetize. So we do thank the people who support us, and um, and uh, obviously Blue Ocean Web Hosting uh, is where we host the websites. Um, and you guys should. Check that out too. And if you do want to kill two birds with one stone, you can go to the Patreon and you can pick a plan there. And some of the plans actually have free websites and web hosting attached to them. So if you do get one of those upper tier plans, um, it, it's it's doing two things. It's supporting us and you're getting yourself a, a, a website as well. So yep. We also uh, accept scratch and sniff More and sniff those little less. shrinky thing, plastic things that you oh, can put in the I oven. I love shrinky things. They were awesome. Yeah. I had a whole collection. I don't know about Tazos, though. Tazos or Pogs. Yeah. yeah. I'll do Pogs. Yeah. Um, Alf or, Pog. Yeah, I had a heap of Simpsons and Turtles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll also accept uh, Pokemon cards at this stage. Oh, yeah, because um, that's big for you now. Bub's into that. If anyone's got a starter pack they've got laying around that I don't want, feel free to send it to me because <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> the more I read about it, the more confused I am. I was going to, I got, I bought 500 cards. Yeah. For, no, five bucks or something. 
And I thought, cool, I can surely make a deck out of it. No. No. <laughs> You've got to have 12 of these and 16 of these and 11 of these. I'm like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> this is for kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's... Dad, how does this work? I don't know. I don't have a degree, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have. You know, fourteen hours to sit down and work out what's what. So we play our own modified version of it at the moment. But I actually would like to get him into learning how to do it properly. Yep. So, if you know of any good Twitch streams that haven't been hacked that show you how to play Pokemon, uh, maybe you can stick to YouTube. Yeah. Well, as that. Um. Alrighty. So. <clears throat> Um, alphabet. A B C. The, uh, Think about one, two, three. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same Don't alphabet. Me. A B C. Really. One, two, three. Baby, um, me. <laughs> alphabet has a service called Wing. So, if you're not familiar, Wing is their attempt at sort of um, taking on Amazon's drone uh, department, effectively, or autonomous delivery. Um, and so they have, and I was unaware of this, but they've actually been running a pilot, uh, like I say pilot drone testing. (laughs) They've got a little man who sits inside (laughs) the drone. He's the pilot. He flies it and delivers your pizza. I was going to say they should have called it a, a testing, uh, concept more than using that, that word because that doesn't make sense, but so basically, yeah, they um, they've been uh, oh, really don't why now the story's been open for ages now. You want me to pay for it? Um, <laughs> Kill the cookies. So basically, yeah, um, they've been setting up a program uh, in Queensland, actually at the um, Grand Plaza at nice. Grand Plains um, on the roof. Um, they're setting up. Uh, I think you got 16 or 20 drones. Yep. And they've been using that for all the uh, all the stores that are inside the shopping center have all been using that to do local deliveries. Nice. Um, and apparently... They just drop it on the roof of your house or down the chimney like Santa Claus. Yeah. They've got... Apparently, they're delivering to 19 suburbs in Logan um, during the first six weeks of the new service. <laughs> Logan. Yeah. Are you sure it's not going to get shot down or something? Oh, it will. Don't we you can like... use this for spare parts, son. The, the drones will be borrowed very quickly, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but uh, they've made more than 2,500 deliveries so far. Wow. Um, That's in, in a month. So, they've included 10,000 cups of coffee, uh, 1,700 children's snack packs, 1,200 roast chickens. <laughs> <laughs> 2,700 sushi rolls and 1,000 loaves of bread. Now, you got to think, a roast chook's not light. Like, it, it's like two kilos. Yeah. That drone's got to have some pretty serious power about it. I reckon. Um, and the same I want that, my coffee right now, but I can't be both going to the kitchen. <laughs> deliver it to my front door. <laughs> Catch it. Oh, it's gone all over me. Yeah, I'm not sure how that part of it works. But uh, it's interesting that... Yeah, they do everything. They do um, beverage retailer, sushi hub, boost juice. Um, Tell me when they got pharma- beer. Pharmacy, Terry White Chemist, who's also beginning to do it. Beer. Um, beer. Beer. No, in Queensland, the the laws uh, for beer delivery is really strict. Ah. That's why you'd, we don't can't get it at like Aldi and Coles and Woolies. Like they can't be, they can't be purchased from uh, supermarket. Somebody who sells. 
other things. Like it literally has uh-huh. to be only from a licensed. Like so, if I was to deliver beer to you, I would have to be. I would have to have my responsible service of alcohol ticket, and I'd have to be a licensed distributor for that company. Like it's no rubrics. It's really weird. No, you can't. Um, they have sort of relaxed it a little bit, um, but <clears throat> they can't do like they can't go and pick up a pizza and go to Dan Murphy's and get alcohol and bring it. You can go to you can order from Dan Murphy's and they can deliver it, but it's only that they can't do a you know. So do they can't. not have the joined liquor land to Coles and um, BWS to Woolies? They, they are they're combined insofar as they're the same company, but they can't be in the same. You can't have. The we same. have you can walk out the yeah. BWS and That's into right. Woolies. You can't. You can't hear. You. Like uh, Audi can't sell alcohol like they can in. Jeez. They're, yeah, they they got to be in separate um, buildings. Right. Um, That's. Kind of, as far as Just I'm aware, Anastasia Palaszczuk—it's all her as, fault. As though, yeah, she does a lot of bad things. As far as I'm aware, it's only a Queensland thing. Everyone else doesn't have that issue. No. Um, but it's—we tried a few years ago when I was working at the bottle shop. We tried to do a delivery thing, and the logistics was just horrendous. Uh-huh. So we gave up. Occasionally, would some—you know—we had a couple of old customers who were in the retirement village down the road. Yep. You know, and I'd finish my ten o'clock shift, and they'd order stuff, and I'd just drop stuff on the way home. Well, not, you should get one of those you know, little scooters. Not as part of work, just just doing it on the way. <laughs> uh, the local um, Domino's has got a couple of those. With the, you got the big racks on the back with the pizza, like they got the stay warm yep. things on the back. Makes the scooters so top heavy. The amount of times I've seen these guys just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> like they've been sitting in a set of lights, and they, you know how when you're on a scooter and you stop the set of lights, you put your foot down, you lean into it. Yep. A big gust of wind or a truck goes past, and they go. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got uh, kids on motorized bicycles. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing too. So, but yeah, it's interesting to see. So, I guess if uh, Google's doing it, then uh, the yeah. other companies won't be far behind. Especially with uh, we've talked about Amazon opening big warehouses and stuff all over Australia to be able to deliver from. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know what the. Um, I don't know what the range of them is, but I mean, yeah. they're, they're delivering it to whatever it was, 12, 12 areas of Logan or something. It's going to have fairly decent range. You must be able to stay in the air for, you know, 15, 20 minutes because it's got to fly there and fly back. Yep. So. And carry something on the way, which should be. Especially if it's going against a, against a headwind or something. Yeah. So. And on to the next devastating story. <laughs> Personal information from roughly 1.5 billion worldwide Facebook users was allegedly put up for sale following a recent link. A member of, un- of a known forum for hackers claimed to be in possession of the information in late September and offered to sell it in chunks to others on the forum, according to a report from Privacy Affairs. One user claimed to have gotten a quote of $5,000 for the information of 1 million users. The u- user That's allegedly in possession deal. of... Hey? That's not a bad deal if you if you yeah. have to use the data. The user allegedly in possession of leaked information claimed that included for each Facebook account, name, email address, location, gender, phone number, and a user ID. And uh, in a lot of cases, that's enough for you to set up your own fake account of somebody else's and steal their identity and stuff. So it's not great. Well, but, yeah. Uh, it's mean... also got... These these are genuinely 
active email accounts, which mm. a lot of spammers Want. will pay top dollar for because they're, they're guaranteed to be real and up-to-date email accounts. Yeah. That's valuable to them. Oh, for sure. It's definitely a... Um, that's what I was saying. Like, that's pretty cheap for what you're getting. Yeah. You know, and not that... I mean, Facebook has never actually been a hard-to-hack platform in the first place. Yeah. And part of that's the way their ad system works. It, it, it lets that happen. But, yeah, as you say, it's uh, it's. I think the more valuable part of that is the phone numbers and the email addresses that are valid because that's what they're currently being used. Yep. Um, and the location and gender, I you think, can send targeted I, phishing and stuff. You can, yeah, it gives you, and, yeah, it gives you the areas where they are. I think the the identity theft side of it is not a, such a big a deal for the most part unless they happen to have find a celebrity's name database in there um oh, a lot what uh, people do is they set up a will tompkinson account copy off photos from your one because yeah. a lot of people don't lock it down create a will tompkinson account then add in all of his friends and just say oh hi this is will i just got a new facebook account the old one got hacked ironically and then uh, they add them on they're like hey click on this link to check out this funny thing so your friends do and then their accounts get hacked or their computer gets hacked and their bank details and from there it goes on see people know it's not me because my account's active and not blocked for 30 days (laughs) (laughs) that can't be well he doesn't exist on facebook (laughs) he's been on for more than two days in a row there's something wrong He didn't say anything controversial. I uploaded a picture of a squirrel. What's going on? Yeah. My last ban, I was so shafted. It was for three days. And during that three days, they went back through my account and found like five other things from like last year. And they went, nah, make it a 30 day. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I must be some sort of record. That's uh, 30, 60, 90, 120. It's 180 days this year. That's 180 days since Christmas I've been blocked. So yeah. I've been blocked almost more than I haven't been this year. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like you much, do they? Uh, the pursuit of truth, you piss everybody off. Uh, and uh, on top of that, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went down because they're all owned by Facebook anyway. In a nutshell, Facebook systems stopped talking to the wider internet. It was as if someone had pulled the cables from their data centers all at once, disconnected them from the internet, explained Cloudflare. Facebook's explanation was a little bit more technical. It said configuration changes on the backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between our data centers caused issues that interrupted this communication. This had a cascading effect, bringing our services to a halt. Internet breaks down into hundreds of thousands of networks. Big firms like Facebook have their own larger networks known as autonomous systems. When you want to visit Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp, which are all owned by Facebook, the backend system allows computers to connect with their network and uses a border gateway protocol, BGP, a kind of postal service for the internet, which is incidentally quite outdated and should have been replaced, but anyway. In order to direct people to websites they want to visit, BGP looks at all the available paths that data could travel to and picks the best route. On Monday, Facebook suddenly stopped providing the information the systems needed to function. It meant nobody's computers had any way of connecting to Facebook or its other sites. Sharia Frankel, a tech reporter from New York Times, said the reason part of the reason it took so long to fix was because the people who were trying to figure out what this problem was couldn't even physically get into the building to work out what had gone wrong. So their network 
for Facebook servers, WhatsApp, and Instagram also included their security network, which <laughs> also went down, and nobody could VPN in because there was nowhere to VPN to. And uh, they actually got a security guard to come with an angle grinder once they broke into their own offices because the servers are in a caged Secure environment. Location, yeah. They had to get an angle grinder to cut into the cage to let people <laughs> into there so they could fix the problem. It was just, don't put all of your networking eggs in one basket, Facebook. There's redundancy, there's CDNs, there's all sorts of stuff that could have been done. But basically, Facebook just said, sorry, we don't have servers, we don't exist anymore, so don't route traffic. Now, the other cascading effect they don't talk about in these articles is, say you're in... London, New York, Sydney. Everybody's got a phone that is, runs Facebook in the background. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of phones, even in tar small targeted areas on a few cell towers. And these phones are saying to the cell tower, hey, I want to check Facebook. Cell tower goes, okay, I need to go query the servers for Facebook. Servers say there is no Facebook. So... The cell tower says, I'll just store that and we'll come back to it later. We'll retry later. What's the next person want? Facebook. Okay. Can we get to Facebook? No. Store that query. Store 10,000 queries. Store 20,000 queries trying to connect. I'm saving all this in my memory. My memory is now full. I can't be a cell tower for data anymore because I've got no more connections available and no more memory available. So you can't get to any other website that's not down because I'm flooded with all of these queries coming from all the phones trying to connect. Some ISPs had trouble as well with their connections on their servers and the memories all getting filled up with trying to figure out how to connect to Facebook. So instead of just this isolated thing, just Facebook's gone, it takes out cell towers, causes issues for ISPs. There are people in like India and some European countries because of COVID and other reasons, and they're in poor areas, the only communication they have with their school, teachers, classmates, etc., has been through WhatsApp, which is the world's biggest messaging platform, most widely used. If your assignment is due today and you can't contact your teacher, you can't find out the assignment where it is to download it, and you can't tell any of your other classmates that you can't do the assignment you haven't got that you also can't submit because WhatsApp has gone, they can't do that either and lots of people keep in contact it's the only way a lot of people in these countries ever message anyone i don't have i don't call you because the phone calls too expensive but i can text you through whatsapp or maybe ring through internet data instead of cell costs all of this great big thing happened just because facebook said i'm not here anymore but it's almost an inadvertent denial of service attack but the thing is it's almost a reverse of a denial of service. it's yeah it, it, Facebook is denying service to everybody else. Yes. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was so weird. I mean, thankfully, um, we didn't have much issue in terms of the follow on effects, at least. Yeah. And here it happened at like two or 3 a.m. Yeah. So by the time I woke up at like 8 30, because I'd had a late night, I checked my phone. Facebook said, uh, you don't have any Wi Fi available. I was like, well, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So I tried rebooting the phone. Then I was like, I'll get on my desktop. Can I get to Google? Yes. Can I get to Yahoo? Yes. 
okay, well, it's not that my internet is maybe it's just the Wi Fi in my house that's got this problem and not the internet. And then I saw this message about Facebook being down. I was like, oh. Yeah, I had the, the whole no Wi Fi thing, even though, yeah, I couldn't get Wi Fi on my phone for a couple of hours. Yeah, um, same thing. But we, I think that's probably that uh, follow on cascading effect yeah, where everybody around you also is trying to get to Facebook and flooding the towers. Oh, I don't know. I had no trouble using. Well, that's not true. I had because I was watching YouTube and it. I definitely had bandwidth issues. Yep. Uh, I didn't have connection issues, but I couldn't watch on anything more than like 360. Otherwise, it's just buffered. Yeah. So there was definitely bandwidth issues happening so but yeah wasn't it just a a switch that went screwy or something it was something really simple wasn't it at the end of it all yeah they just misconfigured it on the boardway uh, border gateway protocol and said there's no service here to connect to (laughs) and whoever has lost their job sorry dude but (laughs) there was a lot of funny things going like a guy on stack overflow said Hey everyone, uh, I just started my job at Facebook this week. I uh, rolled out a patch this morning that should make things really good. And uh, my boss told me that if he was going to contact me, if there was a problem with it, he was going to contact me on WhatsApp. And I haven't heard from him all day, so <laughs> I assume fine. it must have worked fine. <laughs> what didn't? Wasn't it Optus or so? Or somebody did something similar last year. They put a brand new switch in, and they just put the wrong protocols in. It's like, it's hard to believe that one switch programmed incorrect, like, as you say, there's a thing called redundancy, it's there for a reason. That's not supposed to be able to happen. One incorrectly switch shouldn't bring down the entire internet. That's right. (laughs) It does show you how fragile the internet really is, though. Yeah, it's it's very, very old technology, very old protocols. Mm. There are better ones out now, but it would mean everybody would have to buy all new devices and... Things would be more stable and stream better and all sorts of stuff, but there's too much legacy that has to be supported and people are just not going to buy all new computer devices and phones and everything. So uh, we're stuck with it for the moment. We've talked about in the past Internet 2 and stuff like this where they've got better setups and things go faster and smoother with less connection issues and lag say, and all that I sort of my, stuff but i got my solid my solid pod i mean look at it this way ipv6 existed 10 years ago and we still haven't implemented it very much these days so. well they reckon part of that is because as you say the technology in so many of the old switches and routers are so old that they wouldn't handle it yeah and because it is a longer algorithm the older routers that do handle it are going to struggle with mass adoption of it because it makes so much work for them to calculate addresses because they're so much longer so but uh, yeah Interrupt is uh, Sir Tim Berners-Lee's new vision Um, I've got a pod I've had a pod for a while it's an interesting concept still a while off happening yet but um, his vision of what the internet should be wouldn't crash that easily no (laughs) so but yeah. Um, so speaking of you know security and and all that stuff, um, Google decided, hey, you know what? Seeing as there's been so much security issues lately, 
And seeing as the uh, cybersecurity, it's cybersecurity awareness month, um, we're going to forcibly upgrade all our users to have 2FA. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so. They can FO. <laughs> so you won't have a choice if you're using um, YouTube uh, or Google in general. Um, basically, it'll auto be auto enrolling all 150 million users uh, into two step verification by the end of 2021. It'll also force 2 million YouTube creators to turn on Two-Step by the end of the year. That'll go so well because we know how well Two-Factor works. So, yeah. Um, I can't see that being a problem at all. I, I think I think it'll be perfectly fine. And, and I can't log in for my Gmail. How do I contact the Google? Hey, guess what? You can't. <laughs> First, because your email doesn't work and you can't get into it to send them an email. But they don't have any contact stuff. Oh, it's... I don't... Well, I mean, yeah, you can't contact them anyway. Yep. And I get that they're doing it because they've got their Authenticator app and they want everybody to use the Authenticator app because it's the best thing in the world and and it works marvelously and everybody want, should be using it. I, I don't. I, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I do. I got Authy. Yeah, I mean, I, I use the, the Google Authenticator app. You can use Authy. I, I've tried Authy. The problem is I'm on too many different computers. Like, I can be on the admin computer. Or I can be on my computer. Or I can be on the point of sale computer. Or I can be on this one. Or I can be on one of the... So, for me, Authy's had issues on multiple computers. Oh, I got um, it on my phone, on this desktop computer, my two MacBooks. Got, I, yeah, got like, it, it would there. let me... It would work like that, but I couldn't... Like, say I logged in to Zero, for example, which is our business um, uh, software, point of sales and yep. software, accounting software. If I logged into Zero on my computer and then went to another computer and logged into it there, it would log me out of my oh, previous instance weird. on the other computer. Whereas with Authenticator, I can stay logged into multiple computers and it doesn't ask me... Well, it wouldn't log me out in terms of it would still work for that session, but if that session, ex- that day... You know how you can click on the Remember Me for 30 days a lot of the time? Yep. Well, if I'd logged into another computer, it would override that setting and when I log back into the first computer, I'd have to go back and re-authenticate again. It wouldn't, it's crazy because it, it that's a website setting. That's not an authy setting. It wouldn't let you stay logged in for on multiple computers over multiple sessions. But um, with Google Authenticator, I can. So I I don't know if it's the way they were handling the data or the way the websites were set up. But yeah, something about it wouldn't let Authy stay logged in on multiple sessions, whereas uh, the Authenticator did. So Whatever works. I I mean... I don't really... I'm not saying it's the best and greatest, but it worked for me. So... um, But yeah, so basically... um, Google's product manager basically said that Google security and safety director Gummy Kim. <laughs> no, that's right. G U E M M Y Kim. Gummy Kim. Said the best way to keep users safe is to turn on security protocols by default. For years, Google's been in the forefront of innovation with two step verification. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 2SV. 
<laughs> one of the most reliable ways to prevent unauthorized access. It's the strongest one combined, something you know, like a password and something you have, like your phone or security key. Um, now, you will be able to turn it off, but in order to turn it off, you'll have to set it up and use it and log in, and then you can turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. So, there's that. <laughs> and here's Microsoft doing away with passwords altogether <laughs> with the TPM. But as we've just witnessed over this following week, it... It's irrelevant. It makes no difference if they, if a company, if somebody can get into the back end of the database, it doesn't matter what sort of, a, yep. you know, what you've and got. And if in you place, can't get into your own account, yeah, to, to do anything, it's the opposite it. of what you want. So I don't know. I I don't like two FA. You know, if you don't have your phone on you or your battery's flat or you can't get signal where you are, or, you know, you're screwed. And the worst part about the Google Authenticator app. As I said, like I use it for one reason, but the thing, reason I hate it for is you can't have multiple devices running that app. So if I've got if I've got that authenticator key for zero logged into that on on that phone, only the work phone is the only phone I can have that authentication key on. Uh. So even though I can have multiple logins to multiple computers, I still have to use that one phone. Like I've got it on my phone. But I yep. can't put the same protocol in place on my phone, so I can't have zero login on two separate phones for the same account. Weird. <laughs> so it means that, like, if you've got, in our case, you've got an admin and a point of sale on my computer, so we've got three computers all running zero. Yep. Theoretically, I should be able to have it. Son should be able to have it for the admin, and somebody, and we can have the work phone logging in the point of sale. And so when you need to log in after your thirty days, you can grab your phone, bring up or the authenticator app, and go log me in. But you can't because only one phone, even though you've got three or four multiple locations, one physical device is the only one that can have the authenticator app. Bizarre. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if you've got that situation and, you you know, you might... Some businesses do. Like, if you've got um, a business at Gmail, then you might have 10, 20, 30 people all accessing that same Gmail whether it's just for calendars, whether it's for Google Docs, whether it's for you yep. know Google Drive, whatever. But it means if you're using the Authenticator app, everybody has to have access to that phone, that one that one ta tablet or phone that has the app on it because you can't have duplicate keys. Crazy. <laughs> so it's like the problem I had with my my BattleNet Authenticator for Blizzard stuff, and I. I formatted the phone because I got a brand new phone, and they're like, when you go to log in, it's like use your authenticator. And I'm like, oh, I haven't got it, so I downloaded. But it's only the authenticator on that phone which can work. Yep. You have to use that phone to unauthenticate the app, yep. then format that, then install it on your new one, and <clears> then reauthenticate that app on your phone, which is ridiculous because if your phone crashes, you're SOL. Yep. And I had to kind of thing because I'd formatted the phone and I, I always trade in my phone so I got a new one install the app on there nope you have to have the authentication which was on the other phone so I said contacted them and said I don't have that can I get into my account some other way and they like the automatic system says well you have to upload a, a photo upgrade a 
upload a picture of your photo license with your signature and photo and everything on, which I did. And they looked at it a year later and said, okay, you can unlock it now. And I was like, I already created a new Battle.net account because for the last year, I haven't been able to do anything. Yep. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I give up. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Like, um, yeah, it's. I, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. I know it has a point. It's just messy. Sometimes, but sometimes it's absolutely horrible too. Get a YubiKey and just log in with your thumbprint. Yeah, but as, as many if people you don't have discovered. have that with you. Well, but no, that as many people discovered, that's not secure either. Ah. The, the, the thumb scan the fingerprint scanning technology is very easy to to bypass uh-huh so damned if you damned if you don't yeah pretty much i'm bart simpson who the hell are you <laughs> that's about it too that's it for me for this week how about you um i've got a couple but um what just quickly your iphone 13 that people my are, iphone 13 well, you public who are dumb enough to buy? I mean, those people who like Apple. Um, Eric, <laughs> it's you don't own the phone. Just so you know, uh, you own the physical device that pretends to be your phone. Uh, you don't own anything inside that phone. Therefore, if you try to repair it, you void your warranty. Um, that includes even if you use genuine Apple components. Every item is itemized and serialized to your particular phone. If they, if the Genius Bar opens it and finds that one of those doesn't match, you void your warranty instantly. Yep. Um, this is the whole right to repair thing that people are fighting for because this is getting ridiculous. Like even to change the screen or the battery, even if you use another genuine iPhone 13 screen or battery, uh, you will still void your warranty. Because that one wasn't the one that your phone was made with. I think even accredited Apple repair places can't either, can they? Uh, only if it is a Apple Care, like an actual Apple Care center can. Yep. Uh, if it's, they'll do it under warranty if you've got the Apple Care warranty. Um, but they don't really want to do things under warranty, and they'll do their best to make sure they don't. Because have this refurbish. Yeah, because last year. Uh, last quarter, AppleCare bought in a $17.5 billion in repairs. Wow. That's just in a quarter. That's why they want to do it only. That's why they're the only ones who want to do it. So, good luck with that. <laughs> um, Someone yeah. will see him in court. Well, there is a right to repair bill currently being fought out in court. Yep. Um, for this exact reason. Whether it's Tesla, whether it's Apple, whether it's Ford, whatever. John Deere is another one who's doing it. Making oh, all terrible. the components proprietary so only they can repair them. Yep. Um, but there's there's a, a lot of tractors just sitting out in the field, can't do nothing with There's them. a big backlash coming onto that. Um, can you send someone out to fix this? Yeah, a couple of weeks. I live on a farm in the middle of nowhere... And my livelihood depends on my tractor operating 24-7. Yeah, I'll be there in a couple of weeks, don't worry. Yeah, we'll get to you when we feel like it. How much are you going to pay? Because <laughs> the more you pay... Can the I quick... just get the mechanic? No, no mechanic. Yeah, the more you pay, the quicker we'll come out, I promise. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but anyway. 
Uh, and I have another story that we'll probably end off with. Um, it's not really a story. It's it's, a, it's quite funny, actually. Uh, it's um, it's a social experiment called, uh, by Intel. They basically say that Apple uses a clueless uh, oh. about laptops. Um, or in general. <laughs> because they've been spoiled with the way that Apple controls everything. Yep. Um, so... This this video is quite funny. Uh, they are paid surveys, but they're genuine, like iPhone users and stuff like that. The people who are being interviewed are are, uh, are legit, you know, iPhone users and stuff. But so just bear that in mind that they are paid surveys, but still they're they're genuine reactions. This goes for a couple minutes, but I'll play it. It's it's definitely worth playing. It, it's it's quite funny, and. Um, and see what you think. Hi there. How are you? Good, you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. I'm Kevin. I'm going to be your moderator today. Are you a big Apple fan? I am. Yeah, yeah, all Apple. 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 I'm an Apple girl in the Apple world. I am 100% loyal to Apple. This is all about getting your opinion. Cool. Today. Sounds good. Ready to get started? So I'd love to have the freedom to customize. That'd be amazing if you could. I hate that you can't add more RAM after you make the wrong decision and get the computer. Once you're committed to that thing, there's no easy way in to change that out. Well, I want to show you something regarding customization then. Oh, look, things you can upgrade. Who would have thought you can, you know, upgrade components of your laptop? Yes, please. <laughs> As to being able to get back to doing those things myself. That's very exciting to me. Hey, that's a big number. <laughs> what if you could play all of these games effortlessly on one device? That would be amazing. Oh, we'd be soaked. <laughs> My kids would be ecstatic. Well, I recognize a bunch of those games that definitely can't be played on my computer, so. A touchscreen? Touchscreen. Touchscreen would be great. Is that possible? I think you'll enjoy this. Let me know if you see what's happening here. Wow. This is a screen. Right. This is another screen. Stop they are both it. 4K touchscreen displays. You like that idea? Uh, yeah. I like that idea because I know that I would end up loving it. If there is something to travel with everything all together, yeah, that'd be amazing. I would like to have my iPad and my laptop combined. It'd be pretty cool if I had in one device, you know. I'm gonna show you something, if that's okay. Okay. Right back. This is a two-in-one laptop. That's awesome. But it also functions as a tablet. First of all, love it, very <laughs> That kind of eliminates the need of an iPad. It actually folds all the way back. I don't it want to It folds break all it. the way back, go for it. My computer would probably snap if I tried that. If I had this option, I don't know if I could put it down. Yeah, I love this. What if I told you thing. that everything <laughs> we've been talking about today is available now? 
where do I sign up? <laughs> but this was not Apple. That, that is a PC powered by Intel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Whoa! Is this real life right now? What? Wow. That is the device you were just holding. Wow. These are already out? These are all already out. Really? Mind blown. That's beautiful. It looks like a piece of artwork. Oh, you guys have to sign me up. I brought my debit card. I would say there's a lot more options than with Mac. I am surprised, yeah. Everything I know, I'm going to have to upgrade what I know in my mind. I'll tell you how I feel. I want it. <laughs> can I have? Can I have this one? <laughs> no, but you can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, so basically, it's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Are they like yogas or something? Yeah, there's a few different ones in there. There was a yoga, and there was the the Evo, and um, I think the I think the Evo is the the tablet foldback one. And then there was another one that had the the keyboards. The keyboard's actually not a keyboard. The keyboard's a second screen. Yep. And it can be a keyboard or it can slide back and you can do... You physically got two screens and... Nice. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. And it's just funny. <laughs> you know, like they've been in the... There's some futuristic device. I wonder if Apple will bring it yeah, out one day. That's, that's exactly right. They're like, oh, what do you mean? It's not Apple. Apple does all the cool stuff. It's like, well, no, Apple does all the 10-year-old technology and repurposes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I just thought that was a, quite a funny little a little antidote about uh, how... Uh, my, well, and the funny thing is, uh, I'm not biased on this one because, I, okay, yes, I don't like Apple that much, but I've got some family members who legitimately only use Apple. Like, that's all they ever use. And I show them that ad and they're like, so were they, like, stolen from Apple products? I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> they're, they're Microsoft, like, they're Windows and, like, PC and, you know, stuff that I use. And he's like, but I thought Apple, like, leads the way. I'm like, Apple hasn't led the way in 20 years, dude. <laughs> the only thing they're good at is marketing. Yeah. So... Oh, I did uh, have one other story I forgot about. Mm. Earlier this year, AMD CEO Lisa Su confirmed the company is working with Samsung to bring ray tracing to phones. Samsung has now announced in a post on Weibo that its next-gen Exynos 2200 chipset will be the first to come equipped with ray tracing support. Exynos 2200 will feature a GPU based on the AMD RDNA 2 architecture codenamed Voyager. AMD's RDNA 2 architecture is used not just the company's RX 6000 GPUs, but also powers graphics in both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. The chip itself, the chipset itself, is codenamed Pamir and can would could be announced sometime early next year. Similar to the Exynos 2100, the Exynos 2200 is rumored to feature a single high-performance core, three mid-tier cores, and four efficiency cores. As for the GPU, rumors suggest it could have 384 stream processors, which hints at six ray accelerators. Ray tracing support will no doubt give the Exynos 2200 a slight edge over Qualcomm's rumored Snapdragon 898 in terms of gaming. The chipset is expected to power the international variants of Samsung's Galaxy S22 series phones. Samsung's next flagship Android tablet, the Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra, is also rumored to have the same chip under its hood. 
Ray tracing technology simulates the physical behavior of light to enable real-time cinematic quality rendering in games. While the technology is currently limited to PC and console gaming, NVIDIA and MediaTek are working together to bring ray tracing to the best Chromebooks as well. Um, I mean, the only reason I believe that's going to happen is because Samsung make their own chips, so <laughs> that's going to be a thing. But can you imagine that with the... Um, what was it, the Vajo? The headset. Mm. Um, I won't play the video, but if you guys, uh, if you want to check out um, the Vajo headset, there's a video on YouTube um, by uh, Thrillseeker. Um, they call it the best headset in the world. Um, it's full, like, augmented reality uh, in, like, an insane way that even game developers and so many professionals have never seen before. Um, like literally lets you, you know, be in places that you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you imagine something like that? Because that's currently hooked up to a PC, so you're limited by the cables where you can walk, you know. But if you had ray tracing ability on a mobile device, yeah, then suddenly this becomes a portable aug- augmented reality. It really is Snow Crash. If you've ever, as I said, you've got to check out Snow Crash. Um, it's, <laughs> it's becoming that in reality now. You have the ability to literally walk around, process information in both the real world and augmented at the same time. Sounds great. On a portable platform. Yep. Um, yeah. It's both amazing and amazingly scary at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, it definitely sounds cool. And because Samsung's involved with it, and as I said, they don't have a chip shortage because they make their own chips, um, then I strongly believe that's something that happened. My only only issue I can see with this is absolutely destroying battery life. Yeah. I'll have to come up with some new tech technology there too. (sighs) There's an article I I was reading. I haven't finished, so I I, I sort of haven't... um, haven't really talked about it, but they there's a, an Australian company taking current existing lithium technology, and they reckon that they can um, like double or triple its output by integrating um, salt effectively into the manufacturing process. Yeah, yeah, I saw that's better than uh, silicon batteries that were going to be the next big thing because it's cheaper and easier to make just by introducing impurities into it. Mm. Which sounds Weird, but <laughs> you know, let's make it better by making it impure, you know. Yeah. But I guess, hey, if it works with dogs, you don't want a purebred dog. They've got too many issues. You want a mongrel. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, why not work for batteries, I suppose? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of the best tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye.